You are listening to the Lighter Side Show audio podcast with Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit and subscribe to thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes exploring wholeness living, energy work, trans channeling, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, Lumineers. Welcome to the Lighter Side Show podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, the everyday medium. And I am here at the table today with Angelica Ray. She's an intuitive coach in energy healing, and we are going to chat about owning your own shift. We wanted to call it shit, but Jesse said we had too many titles with the word shit in it. (laughs) He's laughing behind the desk. He gives me a thumbs up. It's okay. I throw him under the bus today for some reason. But before we get into our topic, Lumineers, head over to the Lighter Side Network. We have new video shows with Helene Saucedo. Handful of Stars, which is all about palmistry. It's really, really wonderful. Darshna Patel is back with Enlighten Up Season 3. We also have different hosts for our video show called Insights. Incredible. And we have a new podcast with Dr. Crystal Jones called Sanctuary the Podcast. You can also find me in New York City. Oh, yeah, it's happening. Colleen and I will be there at the end of July. You can find tickets and details on my website at jamiebutlermedium.com. While you're there, if you haven't done so yet, sign up for the newsletter. Colleen does an excellent job at keeping it very trim and perfectly organized, which I get really excited about, but let's not linger there. We're going to introduce now Angelica Ray, intuitive coach, energy healer. Hi. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. I'm so excited to be here today with Jamie and the crew. It's an incredible time for us to be having this conversation about owning your own shift because believe it or not, and I'm sure you believe it, things are shifting. Oh, yes, they are. (laughs) I think the first thing we said when we saw each other today was, I'm feeling crazy. How are you doing? Are you feeling crazy? I'm feeling crazy too. And I'm willing to bet that we're not the only ones out here feeling a little crazy right now. Things are shifting rapidly. I know, but it feels like I'm the only one going through it. Because I was telling you earlier, I am I feel like I'm not the one to go crazy or off kilter or get imbalanced. I'm normally the rock in the situation, and I'm not in that role anymore. I'm completely flex. I'm high and low, and I don't have the necessarily that tool set or those techniques to manage highs and lows because I haven't gone through this before. So I'm feeling out of sorts. That's really interesting um, because as I was reflecting kind of on the same wavelength about when you're typically the person that is the rock or typically the person that is the constant, um, when when we're in flux or when we're experiencing those highs and lows, it it takes us out of our um, out of our element and out of our our roles that we're most used to and and most um, comfortable with. But the word that came through to me so strongly was empathy. And unless we're able to truly experience the highs and the lows when we are interacting with, connecting with, supporting, guiding clients and friends and and family and just anybody that might come into our path, unless we've truly experienced the highs and the lows for ourselves, it makes it much, much more difficult to relate and to support people through their own journey. I agree with that big time. So speaking of journey... A lot of our listeners don't know who you are yet. I would love for you to take a little moment and share with us how you became an intuitive coach and what kind of healing modalities do you work with? Absolutely. 
Well, I am originally from Southern California. I'm from San Diego. And I um, consider myself incredibly grateful to have grown up in Southern California because the energy there is a lot more progressive than a lot of other places in the world. (laughs) And so um, I've always been incredibly sensitive, um, incredibly intuitive. I can remember being at the coffee shop with my mom when we were young and this old lady walked up to my mom and it was somebody that my mom had known. And she looked into my eyes and said to me, oh, you're an old soul. You've done this before. And I was probably about five or six when that happened. And so I'll, I'll never forget that that you know conversation that we had with her. And I really do believe it was kind of the turning point of me even beginning to understand myself in a different way. And so as an empathetic child and as um, someone incredibly sensitive and intuitive, it was really difficult navigating some of those younger years and adolescence because sensitivity and expression um, or anything outside of the norm is not really at all what is cool or mainstream (laughs) or accepted. And so that journey was just really, really tough. And um, I ended up making a transition later in life out to Atlanta and found myself in some really serious periods of solitude um, where I was, you know, kind of grappling with how do I let these, these parts of me that are so authentic and so real, my intuitive nature, my sensitive nature, intertwine with the the woman that I want to show up as in my everyday life. Okay. You just said like so much. later in life, <laughs> you moved to Atlanta. You like, look all of 22 years old. Well, thank you. I'm 30. You are? I am 30. I am so proud to be 30. I really am loving 30. Yeah, I wouldn't change it. Okay. You wear it really well. You thank do you. not appear to be 30. <laughs> Youthful all the way. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you got to make up for the uh, old soul with a youthful appearance. (laughs) So anyway, so yeah, I uh, transitioned out here uh, to Atlanta and um, had the wonderful experience of actually working in a high school setting with a lot of teenage girls who were navigating their own journey and their own transition. And I found that to be incredibly interesting because they're navigating it in a new time when all you have to do is pick up the phone and you can see a thousand different images of what is accepted or what is okay. And in that, it becomes so easy to lose our inner compass. And um, I kind of had just the epiphany that my goal and my life's purpose and my life's work is to help women tune back in to their own inner compass so that they're looking back to themselves and to their own guidance um, to manifest the full expression of who they're meant to be. Lumineers, I know she just said women, but... My daughter came to me one day and she said, hey, I need somebody to talk to, which was really amazing that she even was aware of that. And I said, okay, let's sit down and research therapists around us. What are you looking for? We went through, we picked 12. Your name was in that pot. We read all of the website. We read their bios. We looked at how they work, where they were located. And my daughter picked her top three. You were in her top three. And she told me, I'm going to go see each one of them. And then after that, I'm going to pick who I want to be with. She chose a psychotherapist. She chose a social worker. And she chose the intuitive coach, which was you. And she saw the first two. You were the last person she saw. My daughter was um, 10 at the time. And she came in, had a session with you. I left the room. You guys talked. A few weeks later, 
she never brought back up who she was going to choose or really what she needed to do with it. And three weeks after that, she was, mom, I'm good. What Angelica told me about, she's like, I've got my tools now. I don't need to go back anymore. What? <laughs> like, amazing. I do wish I could be a fly on the wall just to, to, to know. But the resource that you were to my daughter and understanding how to be a girl coming into you know, young woman and how to build healthy relationships with her friends and how to show up at school and be her was so impactful. And she is still using the tools that you gave her today. That is beautiful. And I'm so <laughs> incredibly grateful and in awe. And obviously your daughter is just one heck of an incredible human being. So it was a gift <laughs> Thank you. and an honor to be in her space and to, to share and connect with her. But yeah, I think that's really what we need is that connection and just someone to show us a mirror, equip us with some tools and remind us, can we cuss on here? Go Who the it. fuck we are? <laughs> yes. We just, we just need to be reminded. And, um, and there's so many different ways that we can go about doing that and so many different tools that help equip us and guide us on that path. But yeah, she yeah. just needed that permission. And I know a, a one-off like that is not common you know, to all of a sudden get everything that you need in one thing. I know the services that you provide, one of them, I love how you named it, was the Ascended Package, the Ascend Package, where somebody gets to orbit around you for a three-month time frame and really get to incorporate and filter through everything that they learned and put it right into their lifestyle, which I am a firm believer in that. And the other one is your shift, which is a four-hour session with you. I can't imagine absorbing you for four hours. I'd be on such a high. <laughs> I am usually on a high in those in those experiences as well. So in um, these, both of these packages were really born out of the idea that I need to show up and be fully of service in the way that my clients need. And more often than not, that's an extended period of time. Because if you think about it and going to like a chiropractor, right, you'll mm -hmm. go for an adjustment and you'll get a great adjustment and you'll come out feeling wonderful. But if you lift that heavy weight the next day or you sleep wrong, then here we are kind of back at square one. And so what you really need is someone to support you each step of the way until you grow your own muscles strong enough to stay in alignment and stay supported in yourself. And that's what both of these packages were designed to do is really support women in their journey in that way. It's also, in my opinion, training people to come out of the one and done or take this pill and everything will be fine. You know, it's holding people accountable to their work and telling them that, no, you're, you're responsible. You get to do this. Absolutely. And I think that's, it's a really interesting, um, especially here in Western civilization, you know, with medical practices the way that they are and quick fixes the way that they are. We are so used to just being handed something and being able to just plug into something and expect to be recharged and then go on about our life and everything's okay again. And, and all of us know that that's not the reality of how this mm -mm. life and how this experience works. No, it's not the reality. Because then once you get it, then you get to teach it to the next person or show by example, at least. Absolutely. So I know in these, in your work, you really focus on getting people to own their own shift. Shit. Right, Jesse? Oopsies. <laughs> and uh, I'd love to understand how you can navigate a person to do that. Why do you think it's so important that they do own it? 
Sure. When we come here to this experience, we come with a purpose. We come with a a a desire. We come with a a reason. Wait, what? What experience? Like, human what? experience. When oh, we come, like, yeah, like human. when we come to like when be human. In. When we're like, oh yeah, let's try this human thing out again, or for the first <laughs> time, or you know whatever we're into. Uh, we come with a purpose, and I like to think of it as like a like our life is a puzzle. It's a huge giant puzzle, and we get pieces at a time. And in order to truly understand the purpose that we came for, we have to pay attention to every single one of those pieces and how they yeah. come together and how they fit. And the reality is what fits somebody else's puzzle is likely not going to fit your puzzle. And so you can look on social media all day long. You can, you know, look on television. You can whatever you want to do, but you're looking at the pieces of somebody else's puzzle. And nine times out of 10, those aren't even that person's pieces to begin with because they're not owning their own shit either. So... Oh my God, that is so enlightening. You're right though. You're right. It, you, we're we're trying to fit pieces that that just aren't authentic. And so what I really try to encourage people to do and women to do is you, you got to look at your own puzzle pieces. You got to understand that it might not be beautiful. It might not be easy. It might not be, you know, what looks pretty on the outside, but it's your puzzle. It's your puzzle. And if you're ignoring some of those pieces and not owning the entirety of it, you're never going to be able to put it mm. together to understand what you came here to do. Do you believe in, do you believe that there's a value in judging? Like there's something good and something bad? Just curious. So I'm going to answer this question two ways. Do I believe that there's a value in judging? No, but I'm human and I judge the fuck out of myself and other people all the time. <laughs> so that's just kind of, it's, you know, a double-edged sword. It comes with the territory of, of being human. Things aren't right or wrong or good or bad. They just are. But we assign value to them based on our experiences and our understandings. I love that. I Yes, we do. We assign value to it because we know what we're attracted to and what we're not attracted to. I'm wondering if there's, do you think there's any possible way that we can go through this life and remove the, it's good, it's bad, and really adapt the, hey, this is what I vibe with. And vibing with doesn't mean that it's better than or less than. It's just vibing. Can we go like judgment neutral? God, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. I mean, in your field, you you work with that. I'm guessing, like, absolutely in each session and 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 how you hold the space, absolutely. So I know that your eyes are on it more than I would get to experience. Do you find that some people are able to achieve that? I think so. I think you're more likely. We're more lo- likely to be able to achieve judgment neutrality, so to speak, when we have that connection with source and connection with self. I think that's really where that comes in because then you understand if, if I'm, if I'm connected, if I am all that is, if I'm one, then there's no such thing or good or bad, good or bad. There just is. And so I think that's kind of the, the foundation in, in obtaining some semblance of neutrality is just a, a connection with source. That's true. That's just like in that moment where you're about to sneeze and you can't do anything else but just focus on what that sneeze is about to do. 
boom, all your thoughts are gone. Everything's wiped just for that mm, mm-hmm. brief second. I find that when we, like you just said, when we find that one love, that unity, that we're all in this, that we can't hold the judgment. The judgment values don't fit anymore. They contradict where we stand. Absolutely. Ha. Absolutely. That's good. Give me a mic so I can drop it. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that feels so good to talk about. Mm-hmm. I, don't, it does. I don't feel like enough people are headed there. I feel like we're still, and please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. I still feel like we're running around trying to show people the good behavior, the process. You know, I get, I get a little bent. <laughs> That's not necessarily you getting bent. It's not I don't believe a good thing. <laughs> when I hear others kind of talk about, oh, I'm, I'm in this process. I have this technique. I have this tool and I use this tool or I use this or I light the candle and I have this ritual. I like all of that. But when I see people relying on it, like nursing on it to survive, that bends me wrong. I feel like we're doing a disjustice to us as the instrument. We don't necessarily need the ritual. We don't necessarily need the the candle or the tool, the technique. And all we need is us mm. as an instrument in our minds and our beliefs. From what I've observed with what you do, especially since it's hit home so hard with my daughter, the act of getting someone to own themselves It doesn't require a technique, a tool, a process, a candle, a ritual. It requires them to be present and accepting. That was a big word that my daughter brought home. Mm. Accepting that others have their opinion and accepting that they can say whatever they want. It doesn't mean it's your truth. So what do you do when you come into, do I call it a therapeutic setting? How would you describe the space? You're, you're so casual and so present. I, I have a hard time calling it therapeutic. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Into session, into connection. And I don't know. I don't have any words for it either. Because it happens, it happens to all of us in our everyday life. It, you don't have to just be in a therapy room or just sitting down for our allotted n- amount of time to be mm-hmm. able to experience true connection. It happens in the grocery store. It happened. I was out with some friends randomly in Shreveport, Louisiana at a casino. And spirit just spoke to me that I needed to have a conversation with this guy. And we were often running in conversation in the same way that we might have been, had it been a traditional, I'm using air quotes here, (laughs) you know, therapy session. So yeah, we'll just say it like that, just in in some sort of connection with someone. In a connection phase. (laughs) Like, how do you handle when the people say, well, I need this ritual, I need this tool, I need this item to be able to achieve. Like, I need to have this color hair, I need to have these color eyes or that shaped body or this amount of money because those are are tools too. Mm. How do you help somebody who's hyperly focused on that and not on owning who they are authentically? All of those things come from a place, right? They all come from a place. So for example, someone's desire maybe to have different color hair. Well, where is that coming from? Is that coming from your desire to be different than than what you see around you? Is it coming from your desire to get attention in a way that's separate or different than those around you get attention? 
Um, where's your desire for this nice car coming from? Is it coming because when you get out of it, you like, you know, the way you feel when people, you know, look at you coming out of this nice car. And so, so much of the work is really holding that mirror and getting to the root of what is happening on the inside that is causing you to desire this external manifestation, be it any of those things, this particular body, this particular car, this particular hair color. And do you just ask them flat out? Yeah, like, straight up. Why? Yeah. Why do you do that? Why do What's you like this that? about? Because I just colored my hair. Well, I'd like for it to be white. Well, you know, it's a problem. And, and there's a thousand reasons why someone might want to color their hair. I think it's so pretty. It, well, there you go. And that's, that if that's a reason that feels good and in balance and in harmony for you, then that's your truth. If and and if it doesn't, then that's your truth too. So it's when somebody can't identify why they're doing it mm. that it creates an issue. Absolutely, or when people are doing it for a reason that feels out of harmony uh. with with who they actually are and what they're they're. So let's say if I were dyeing my hair so I would outshow somebody else. Maybe that was, that's not the truth, Lumineers. I'm just <laughs> using as an example. What if I were dyeing my hair to outdo somebody else and naturally that doesn't resonate with me and I didn't know that that was the real reason behind me working to do that, you'd be able to highlight that and then I could, what, cut the cord on that? Absolutely. Like shift that? Shift, there's the word. There it is. There it is. Absolutely. Shift it, move it, um, change it. And then we, we might even get to a place in session where you get to the root of why you're doing this behavior or why this is coming up for you. And you're able to shift it, but the behavior itself might not change. You just get to a different energetic alignment with it so that the behavior is now coming from a more authentic and aligned place. And, you know, so... I don't know if that makes sense. I oh hope my God, that it does. Oh my God, are you kidding? That is so <laughs> enlightening. Can you see, Lumineers, if you can't see my face, if you can't hear my smile beneath my my words, that is eye-opening because it's not necessarily, when we think about owning it, we think a lot, and I'm speaking in general terms, I understand that, about changing what we're doing. So if I was dyeing my hair to outshine somebody else and I figured that out and I was like, oh my God, that's really not who I am. I don't necessarily have to stop dyeing my hair because I'm saying now it's pretty and I like that and I like it on me. So I'm going to wear it. Exactly. You bring attention and light and luminosity into the situation. So a shift is not necessarily you got to go change all your actions. Right. Because then it would be called a change. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shift for a reason. <laughs> wow. Yes, you're right. <laughs> That's why it's called the shift. Energetically, authentically attaching to all that you do. Absolutely. Why you believe that. Why do you do that? You know, why do you show up like that? All of these. Mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, and we all, I mean, we have it. We're human. We're, we, we do it. It's what we do. We assign value to things. We, we express ourselves in ways as a result of something that's happening internally or that we don't understand or that we're conditioned to believe and simply just shining light on it and shifting the root of some of these behaviors is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And more so than that, to be able to do that, you know, in, in sisterhood and in communion with someone else who really holds the space for that transformation is, is absolutely 
you know, transformational. Yeah, you hold that space really well, in my opinion. Thank you. Like, is it difficult when you hold that space to be judgment neutral? Because do you find that sometimes people are looking at you going, no, no, just tell me, tell me, is it right? Is it okay? Is it wrong for him? Isn't that awful for them to do that? And they just want you just to tell them. <laughs> and you, I know you, you're not going to tell him anything. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's that ego, right? Like that's ah. the, that's that as spiritual practitioners and people in the wellness space. I mean, and as people in general, like there's such a separation between our, our higher self and our ego. And the ego, of course, is always like, we'll solve this problem for them. Tell them what they want to hear. Give them the cure. You know, show them the card they want to see. Tell them the ritual they want to hear. And it's it's really, truly about getting into a space where you, you're just holding space. My opinion is irrelevant in this mm. particular matter. My my opinion, my judgment is doing nothing for you and it's doing nothing for me. I'm just here to hold the mirror for you. Do you think that when people get to, I don't know exactly how I want to ask this, but I think about it quite a bit. Like when we are being human and we're using the good and bad, the duality and the language for it, and we're looking for good and bad results, the reward and punishment system that we've been taught. When we go into enlightenment, we have this new set of beliefs. When we step into enlightenment, we have to behave a certain way. We have to do a certain thing. Um, I almost feel like we fall back into another set of constructed rules that don't necessarily support being enlightened. Like it's just the human's lens trying to define what enlightenment is. Mm. I feel like we really need to crawl out of it entirely. Now I don't really know my question. You, I think you're touching but on I this. Talk like, about it. Yeah, this like <laughs> spiritual elitism is yes. kind of I think what you're trying okay, to yes. to articulate. And I'll ask you, like, what is up with this? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't feel good when. Others who, who say they've done the work and they're above it and they're presenting themselves as teachers and gurus and, and presenting that they are authentic, but then they aren't holding the space for you to be exactly who you need to be, mm. but they're throwing down the judgments. This is the way to do it. This is how to get to enlightenment. This is the process. Well, did you meditate for your 30 minutes in the morning? And did you uh, eat your da-da-da-da-da? And did you align your chakras before you went to work today? And da-da-da, yeah. It's a, it's a new version of the old, same old thing, right? Yeah, it's a new version of the same old human thing. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I'm not with it either. So, and just a full moment of transparency. It's like... Uh, watching this and and seeing it play out and and kind of understanding that that's what's going on can be incredibly paralyzing for people who do not want to operate in that paradigm. For mm. me personally, it's so far out of my authentic zone to operate like that that it almost has paralyzed me in terms of not taking massive action and growing my business and putting my message out there because number one, I don't want to have to compete with people who are not being authentic. It, I don't. It's not a game I'm willing to play. And number two, 
I have to check myself. Why are you doing these things? Why are you desiring this? What is your end goal here? Is this your ego speaking or is this your, your servitude speaking? And um, it's a process. It's a process. I know you said you're not a fan of processes, but yeah. <laughs> this evolution thing is, is interesting. <laughs> it's hard. I don't feel like I have the right words. You know, the words I'm using partially fit what I wanted to say, but they don't embody it entirely. Mm. So I wrestle a lot with trying to have a conversation about certain topics because I don't necessarily, we need a new language, a non-duality language. Fair. <laughs> That's coming soon, Lumineers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Maitland, Maitland's got us on that one eventually, I hope. So before we sign off here, Lumineers, if you've heard anything that you like, that you want to stay in touch with Angelica, you can find her on her website, angelicaray.com, and also on Instagram, which is so beautiful. She is beautiful, <laughs> at Angelica Ray. We'll have all that written down beneath on the links. Before we sign off, I would like to ask if there is a favorite book or a certain artist or musician who's inspired you to kind of be who you are, and can you share that with our listeners? I can. Um First of all, I'm a huge Beyonce fan, so we're just going to put that out there. There's something about that woman that I just can't put my finger on. But um, let's, all of the work by Caroline Miss has been really impactful for me. I really resonate uh, a lot with, with her message and the way that she looks at the human body and the energetic body and the, the soul um, as, a, as a collective. So Caroline Miss, um, all, of, all of her work, Anatomy of the Spirit, her work on archetypes really resonates. I love her me. work too. Yes. And yours. And I can't thank you enough for being here today and just not really scheduling a talk and just hanging out and letting it roll. Absolutely. <laughs> I had faith in us to, to have a, an incredible conversation just off the cuff. So I'm grateful for the space and the opportunity to do that. It worked. It did. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Lumineers out there, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being present with us. If you like what you've heard, please put your fingers to the keyboards and let us know. Again, I want to encourage you, if you've heard anything that has sparked you, given you an aha moment, follow through. Give yourself that respect and say, I'm going to follow through with this and I'm going to look a little bit more because you might just be finding that missing piece that you needed to fulfill what your goals are going to be or your outcome. Thank you again. And remember, Lumineers, it's not woo-woo. It's true-true. Bye. Bye-bye. The ideas expressed by guests and channeled guests on the Lighter Side Show podcast are not necessarily Jamie's personal beliefs. Information received from the Lighter Side Show podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. For up-to-date info on Jamie, visit jamiebutlermedium.com and subscribe to the Lighter Side Network, Lumineers. I'll see you there. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.